Hi, everyone. How are you? Welcome to Winning Wednesday. Can we just acknowledge that this is one of the most challenging days of the week? Wednesday is one of the most challenging days of the week. Um, and some of us are probably going through unexpected challenges, things that we were, you know, planning on and just didn't go through. And so it's a big deal for us just to show up ready to study. So I just want everybody to just put one thing that they're grateful for. Like, and, you know, I want to see the live comments. I, I see we have a lot of people here. Just one thing that you're grateful for right now in this moment. Like, it's a tough day. It's Wednesday. We got a lot to do. We're talking about glaucoma today. But one thing that we are grateful for. <sighs> yes. <laughs> no, this is we are back. We are back with our content. Oh, this is so good. Thanks, guys. I really need this. Um, being in the moment, my family, my kids, God's grace. Um, yes, good health, life. Yes, life, life, life. My goodness. Yes, that we are here studying with you today. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, thankful for Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. So this is just, um, you know, where we are right now. Some of us, we are, we're scratching. We're trying to get to this test state. We are trying to get to our nursing career. And some days are hard. Not every day is an up day. We're excited and we're happy and we're pumped. Some days, you know, we just got to be grateful for it. What? Your pugs, your two dogs, the people around me in a home safe and sound. Ah, good, 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 good. Good, good, good. All right, guys. Thank you so much for that little bit of motivation on today <laughs> for me. We're going to get into our topic. It's glaucoma. Glaucoma is something that I love to touch on. It can be found in your Quick Facts book. Also, uh, if you have either the five-star version or if you're preparing for NCLEX, it is a subject that you should be proficient in. So let's get into it. Glaucoma today. And so when we talk about glaucoma, let me start here. When we talk about glaucoma, let's kind of frame it. We know that what organ is involved with glaucoma? All right, what organ is involved when we talk about glaucoma? It's the primary organ. Glaucoma is actually a group of conditions that affect this organ. What is it? Because if you can tell me the organ, then you can tell me the next thing. So the organ is the eyes. Very good, Joan. We're talking about a condition of the eyes. Now, what nerve is going to be the primary concern and focus of glaucoma? Because glaucoma can damage which nerve? Okay. And I'm going to tell you this, but you know, it's good for us to see how much we know and see how much we, we must be paying attention on today. So what is the, what is, Oh yes. The optic nerve. Okay. So we're good. You guys are good today. Good. 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 Okay. So let's get into it. When we talk about glaucoma, like I said, it is a group of diseases. It's a group of ocular diseases resulting in increased intraocular pressure. And I'll be saying IOP from now on. So IOP is, it is because of the fluid, right? Pressure within the eyes. The eye is full of fluid. And so normally the IOP is from 10 to 21. So when we talk about glaucoma, we are talking about 22, 23. We're talking about an increase in the normal pressure. Yes. And so what happens is what can cause the increased IOPs? Well, 
the fluid if there is an inadequate drainage of the aqueous humor, all right, from the canal of Schlem. We don't have to know that. But you can have it a drainage issue, which is a blockage issue, or you can have an overproduction of the aqueous humor issue. So in, in any event, the result is damaging damaging that optic nerve, which can result in blindness. So this is a very serious condition. And like I said, it's a group of a group of things that happen. So the patient has an overproduction, all right, of the aqueous humor. Then they can have a blockage that uh, um, that obstructs that fluid from coming out. All right. So overproduction, a blockage, a narrowing like of the canal, all these things. And so we see this very prevalent in our patients, particularly in the African-American community. We know our people have issues with glaucoma and it's something that is very common, um, commonly spoke of in the household. But we as nurses have to have a, a really good understanding of it. So. We're talking about glaucoma tonight. And so several risk factors, uh, just one or two that I really want to uh, point out on. You have a family history of glaucoma that makes you at risk for it. And so a lot of us could be right now like, hey, I know somebody in my family that has this. All right. Uh, let's go to a thin cornea. Like I said before, African-American race diabetes mellitus we know diabetes mellitus affects the eye organ nearsightedness oh my migraine headaches cardiovascular disease older age eye trauma and check this out how about this medication very common medication corticosteroids whether it's topical or systemic did you guys know that that steroids, cortical steroids can cause a reaction in some people where their intraocular pressure rises up. And so uh, if you are taking a cortical steroid for like you have dermatitis or eczema or anything like that, where you can be prolonged to steroids, it can increase your uh, your intraocular pressure. I see here somebody says their five-year-old has glaucoma. So I, I wonder, um, and I don't know if you want to tell us, have, has your five-year-old ever been exposed to cortical steroids? I, I know um, sometimes they want to prescribe it for children with eczema, right? You can get, you know, steroid cream just about for anything, but but we have to be careful because this condition um, this condition can be induced by steroids. So if you didn't learn that tonight, hey, I'm glad you showed up. I mean, if you didn't know it before, you learned it tonight and I'm glad you showed up. OK. All right. Let's go on. OK. You said, no, I don't think so. Ah, OK. OK. So um, two types of glaucoma. These are the two that I reference in the Quick Facts book. Primary open angle glaucoma. Primary angle is closed glaucoma as well. So. Primary open angle glaucoma, it results from obstruction of the outflow, okay, of aqueous humor. And this is the most common, common type. The closed angle is resulting from the blocking of the outflow of the aqueous humor, okay? And this is the painful, painful type of glaucoma. So some people have no pain, other people have pain. Uh, shout out to nurse Alicia. 
Hi there. I want to give this testimonial real quick. Hi, Professor Regina. I took boards on Monday and passed 85 questions. Thank you. I'm officially an RN. That's a very good feeling. We want to say congratulations. We did things that we were grateful for earlier. So everybody just say we are grateful that you passed your NCLEX and you came back and told us that you made it. I love seeing these congratulations on the screen. We're proud of you. Thank you so much for coming back. Let us know more. Let us know how you overcame anxiety, if you had any or anything like that. We want to know the tips, the tricks, right? All right. Uh, so primary closed and primary open. And so pharmacology wise, very general. I just want you guys to understand the, you know, the medications that are familiar, but again, it's the doctors who are going to be prescribing this. We, we don't have to know what is specific for each different type. We just have to know that they are available. So the cholinergics, pillocarpine, carboxyl, these are going to increase the aqueous fluid outflow. Okay. Um, but it also causes meiosis. So which is constriction of the pupil and then the adrenergic agonist. How they work is they're reducing the production of the fluid. So they're reducing the pr production of the aqueous humor and increasing the outflow as well, which is always going to help. And um, beta blockers, beta blockers are very common with glaucoma because you have an issue with increased pressure and beta blockers can work all over to reduce eye pressure as well. So cardiac medication class here, they can be used for the eye. Very, very helpful when you can do that for NCLEX. You can learn something in one part and apply it to a different body system, okay? And again, if you guys have quick facts for next gen, you can read the facts about this on page 39. Well, what role do we play? I love to talk about nursing management when we discuss content because we do have a responsibility. So we need to instruct the client on the importance of their medications. And this is just a general instruction. We need to know some terms here. So if we're talking about meiotics, we know that that is constricting the pupils. The patient should know that. We also know that the goal, one of the goals is to decrease the fluid production in the eyes, the aqueous humor. So the carbonic anhydrase inhibitors do that. Um, also, we have the beta blockers. They're going to be decreasing the production of aqueous humor and lowering the intraocular pressure. We need to instruct the clients that typically when you take glaucoma medication, it is like your thyroid medication. It is like your cholesterol medication. You're probably going to be on this for your the rest of your life. It's a long-term medication use. Avoiding anticholinergics. We are in the process of nursing research to really determine whether this is something that is generalized. Do anticholinergics hurt? all types of glaucoma. But for now, the general teaching is to avoid anticholinergic medications, which can increase intraocular pressure. All right. Um, and then to contact the healthcare provider before taking medications, including over-the-counter medications. Now, normally you guys know I never put trade names <laughs> on my information because NCLEX only requires you to 
um, NCLEX only requires you to know the generic name. So let me just say that. I do have the trade names here because I am thinking about the person who may watch this video who's not a nurse, all right, but you're looking for your loved one. And so you may not know the generic names, but you may know the trait names. So if you're watching this video because somebody you love has glaucoma, we absolutely want to tell them to avoid um, a lot of over-the-counter medication. So Benadryl, right? Diphenhydramine, uh, loratadine, which is Claritin, and we have fexofenadine, which is Allegra, and ceridazine, which is Zyrtec these can make glaucoma worse. And that's something that we don't wanna do because the optic nerve is very sensitive and we only have one means of vision. So we wanna protect it in patients with glaucoma. All right, okay. Now what's next? All right, we also need to instruct the client to report eye pain. Eye pain, halos around the eye, and changes in the vision to the healthcare provider. And we also are going to instruct um, the client that when the maximal, um, I'm sorry, the maximal medical therapy has failed to halt the progression of visual field loss and optic nerve damage, then surgery will be recommended. And so this is important because when we're talking about a condition like glaucoma, we uh, we want to be hopeful as, as much as possible. And then we also we want to encourage our patients to stick to their medication. But there are times when a patient can take everything correctly. They can be on time with their vision screenings and um, they can be very aggressive with their treatment. But then at the end of it, they still need something that is more advanced, which is surgery. OK, so we want to make sure that our patients are aware of that. OK, nurse Alicia got back to us. She said, thank you. I watched your videos religiously. I read the Quick Facts book front to back and utilized V2. So RN right there gave us how to pass NCLEX. And then um, we have another testimonial just really quick. Alexandria says, hi, Regina. Thank you so much for V2 and Quick Facts. I passed my NCLEX PN with 150 questions, took it four times and finally passed. I love these words when I read them. I am finally a Remar nurse. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. That's the way to go there. That's the way to go. Four times, man. Oh, it's over. It's over for you. You've graduated. So amazing. So amazing. Um, and we just want to say congratulations. Wow. Uh, Mercy says, I'm glad to be, I'm glad to participate on today's lecture because I just had major surgery due to glaucoma. I'm glad you're here too. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? And um, just, we're, I'm just super proud of you back on your NCLEX journey already. If there's anybody with any excuses, Mercy just shut them down because she literally had surgery on her eyes and she's still back at it studying. So we have no excuses. Mercy, we're grateful for you to be here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Wow. All right. Um, also, if you have passed with Remar, I got a gift for you. Please go to remarnurse.com forward slash party forward slash party. Okay. All right. Getting back into it. I said the surgery may be recommended for those who have a progression of glaucoma. Okay. 
Hey, it's time for questions already. Let's go fast fingers. I don't have a lot of questions today. I don't. Um, so here we go. Question number one, a client asked the registered nurse to discuss how intraocular pressure is measured to help detect glaucoma. The registered nurse states that intraocular pressure is measured by what instrument? Okay. Number one, retinoscope. Two, ophthalmoscope. Three, tonometry. Four, gonioscope. Ooh, this is a good one. And I didn't give you the answer to this. I didn't talk about this at all, actually, because you know what? NCLEX might surprise you. And so you got to be ready for everything. Okay, so let's see how you guys are doing. Most of you are picking three. I see a couple twos, though. Correct answer. I'm not going to wait. make you wait long. Correct answer is pow, three. You guys got that. Mm. Tonometry is a diagnostic test that measures the pressure inside of your eye, which is called the intraocular pressure. This measurement can help your doctor to determine whether or not you may be at risk for glaucoma. Great job, everybody. Okay, let me see if I have another one for you. This is a, this one is this one is challenging. Here we go. Question number two: A registered nurse is caring for um, caring to a patient, thirty-five year old female client with open angle glaucoma. Okay, what assessment finding is not present with this type of glaucoma? Number one, severe eye pain. Two, cloudy vision. Three, tunnel vision. Four, increased ocular pressure. Oh man, what's the correct answer here? Oh. Ah, uh, all right, so, mm. All right, this is, okay, let me just say this. There's two answers that are, that are right here. Whoops. This is a select all that apply. All right, breaking news. This is a select all that apply, but select all that apply is not there. So I need you to pick two answers. Because I'm asking you, what should you not expect with this? <laughs> what should you not expect with this? And I'm just now seeing it. So, yeah, what don't you have with open angle glaucoma? That's right, guys. That's right. You got it. Okay, correct answer is, don't mind the slide. Okay, the correct answer is one and two, okay? Because you should not have severe eye pain with open angle glaucoma. So it's one and two. It's one and two. It's one and two. Also, you should not have cloudy vision. Okay. So with the, and I'm going to read it from Quick Facts here, page 39. So how does glaucoma affect the vision? So we have the vision becomes blurry. The patient experiences tunnel vision. So you lose the peripheral vision first and then it goes in. So it's like, the outside vision, your peripheral vision goes. And so you literally can just see in front of you tunnel vision like that. All right. So that's what they would experience. And then they can also have halos around the light too. Um, what else? Closed angle is the painful one, but it's not the most common. The most common is the open angle. Okay. Medications used to constrict the pupil. 
are called meiotics. And what else? Um, patient has eye surgery. We have to monitor them from, for hemorrhage. We know that. And patients with glaucoma should get an eye assessment every three months. Okay, so those are some of the facts from Quick Facts on here. That's that that is that is all. That is it. I didn't I only had two questions tonight, guys. I really only had two questions tonight. Glaucoma is pretty straightforward. Text me directly. Some of you guys want to talk to me. Text me directly. My number is 855-696-0132. All right. And so this is page 39 of your Quick Facts book, page 39 of your Quick Facts book. All right, before I get off, there's 547 of you watching tonight. I wanted to talk about updates to the V2 for those of you who had them because I'm very excited about this. All right, um, Quick Facts book, you can get this book on Amazon or you can go to the website, remarnurse.com to get the Quick Facts book. All right, okay, so some things that we did, um, we literally went in and we did a new foundation for the V2. So if you guys have V2, you will notice that it is so much faster when you are pulling up your videos and you are going through the course. I hope you recognize the speed of the V2. And remember, if you guys already have quick facts, then you already have half of my program. Just get into the lectures. Okay. So if you're doing the content lectures in V2, you're going through the program. Don't also forget the 30 day challenge. Boom. Those are also videos to support you. V2 is very simple, guys. You watch something. Okay. You read something. You write it down. Okay. You write it down. So when you're watching, you're write it, you write it down in your workbook. You're watching the videos and then you're reading quick facts. Very simple for you to do. I don't care if you've been out of school for 10 years, for 20 years, you can do this program. All right. But I'm really, I'm just really excited because we have significantly improved the experience. Even in the question bank, um, you go, you go to the question bank, you're able to like start making your questions right away. It's so nice. And I'm just really happy. I'm going to run through really quickly how you can um, create a test. So let me just go to create a test. It's going to pull up the cues over 2000 questions in this question bank. All right. So that has been a great deal for us being able to do the 2000 questions and the computer adaptive test. So you guys would go in, you would name your test, uh, Regina's test. Okay. And you may not be able to see it really clearly, but you are able to just go down. You can pick your subjects. If you want to do all subjects next gen, you can also pick if you want it to be easy, moderate or hard. Okay. Easy, moderate or hard. And then you're putting your subjects in. <sighs> Bailey says, if I already have V2 and completed the program, will I still have access to the videos? Yeah. So um, everybody that gets V2 right now is getting three months access to the V2. So you are you will have access to the videos even after you finish it. Keisha says, I did about five case studies last night. Good for you. The case studies are going to be super helpful. Let me let me do a test with case studies on them. Case studies are super helpful because the number one reason why you want to do case studies in V2, because it's going to help you with time management. OK, it's going to help you with the time management part of the exam. It's a lot of reading, too. And 
our case studies in V2 have, um, our case studies in V2 have a lot of questions in them. And like I said here, you're doing the case studies because you're doing the case studies because they have a ton of reading work here and you have to be quick. You have to be quick on your exam, not too quick, but literally you should be doing case studies and that's six questions in about six minutes. So in order for you to build up your reading chops and your processing chops, you need practice to do that. Okay. You need practice to do that. And so, um, again, with the case studies, you're also going to be interacting with the next gen question types as well. So every case study should have a next gen question type and you will be able to experience that. Very important. Again, just building up your stamina. For me, these types of case studies take a lot out of you and you have to be ready for at least 18 questions. Okay. At least 18 questions like this. All right. So I'm just showing you, I always think, even though we do have the case studies for the majority of the studying, I prefer you guys to start with the content lectures. Okay. The content lectures. So this is super important for you to be able to do. Okay. And there's always time for questions. There's always time to get into the question bank. If this is before your exam, a week before your exam, you really should just be doing all questions. Everything that you, you know, that you have been studying should already be there. Never try at the last minute to learn some big revelation, you know, about nursing. Okay. So get in the lectures, get in the question bank, get prepared. That's it. Get in the lectures, get in the question bank, get prepared. Um, so you should be able to, you should have access to whether you did all the videos or not. If your course is completed, you still have access to the question bank. You still will have access to your case studies as well. All right. Still have access to the question bank, still have access to the case studies. And so it's true. It's true. One thing about, one thing about this is that they do, they take a lot of reading. I agree. Okay. They take a lot of reading. Um, but it's, it's just part of, it's part of being a real nurse. It's part of being a real nurse. So I'm happy with the changes. I'm happy with everything that is going on. We just have to make sure that we're doing our due diligence. We're doing our due diligence. Okay. Um, clinical one and two, let me know what you mean, Josephus. If you guys have any direct questions about your actual account, then email me, please. My email is support at remarreview.com. And that's going to help you to, you know, ask me specific questions about your account because it usually takes, um, it usually takes a little investigation into, into what exactly you need, but we're here to help. Okay. We're here to help you guys. So please reach out to us as well. V2 sale is still going on. So again, if you have this book, if you have this book, then you already have half of the program. Get the V2. This is the lecture content for the exam. All right. I played, which I played the positions video yesterday. Do you guys want me to play positions tonight for you? There's about 400 people watching and I'm not sure if you guys want to do some more content, but I could put on the positions video. All right. What do you think? 
All right, let me know if you wanna do positions. I think it's a great video. And one of the things about the content is that it is straight to the point. My positions video is eight minutes, okay? Let me see, people are saying, yeah, so let me just find it. Let me find that video. Positions is, it's probably right in front of me. Body positions. Why don't, oh, here it is. Okay, let's do positions right now, guys. Get out your notebooks and let's go. to talk about positions because honestly they're very important and they're one of the first things that registered nurses teach our ancillary staff so positions are really important because they usually help prevent or promote something and positioning is one of the most common procedures that nurses have to do so the various types of positions that i'm going to talk about are usually determined by a client's condition their current illness, or the treatment that they're about to get. So I like to start with our first position, which is going to be Fowler's, Fowler's position. Now, there are actually four types of Fowler's that I want you to know. They are low, semi, standard, and high. So let's talk about the degrees of elevation associated with each type. So for low Fowler's, it is going to be 15 to 30 degrees. Semi Fowler's is considered 30 to 45 degrees. Standard Fowler's, you may know this, 45 to 60 degrees. And high Fowler's, 60 to 90 degrees. So for semi Fowler's, I'm going to tell you the types of patients that are associated with this position. Low Fowler's is there, you can read it for yourself. So for semi Fowler's, they are patients with respiratory complications. Those patients who are having trouble breathing, we like to put them in semi Fowler's because semi Fowler's will help the lungs to expand. Now, standard Fowler's, we put patients and standard Fowler's to relax the abdominal contents, right? So these are patients that have appendicitis. These are patients that are having GI complications. That standard Fowler's will help to relax the abdomen. Hi Fowler's, oh, you wanna know clients with autonomic dysreflexia belong in high Fowler's as an emergency position for this condition. The next position is our lateral position. And lateral means that we have the client's side touching the bed. Now, left lateral means that the left side is touching the bed. Right lateral means that the right side is touching the bed. This position is for 
maternal fetal distress, clients who are prone to having seizures. And then after a liver biopsy, we want to put our patient on the right side to put pressure on that liver. The lithotomy position, this is where the client is actually, if we look at the picture, the client is flat on the back with the knees flexed. And typically the legs are in stirrups. This is the position for our pelvic examinations as well as childbirth. Now, look at this picture. What is the client at risk for if they're in this position for a long time? What do you think? Don't say bed sores. Don't say bed sores. But what specifically? And look at the knees. What are we worried about if our client is in this position for a long time? Because the knees are flexed, we are worried about blood clots. Yes, deep vein thrombosis. So that is why, remember when we talked about pregnancy, pregnant women are prone to DVTs because they're in this position for quite a while sometimes. Next position coming up is the prone position. Here we have the client is on the stomach, but the head always should be turned to one side for respiratory concerns. Now, prone position, this is your position for spina bifida. Remember, the spinal column is exposed so we always want those patients on their stomachs. There are certain patients that we do not put in the prone position. And I'm gonna tell you who they are. There are three types. Clients with abdominal incisions, clients who have difficulty breathing, or clients who are unconscious. We don't wanna put them in the prone position, all right? I am super familiar with the next position. It is supine. The client is flat on the back. This position is used for any spinal cord injuries or even suspected spinal cord injuries. If a client falls down or if they have an accident of any kind, we always protect their spinal cord by putting them in the supine position. When a client is in the supine position for a suspected spinal cord injury, remember we need to log roll the client. So if somebody has to stay in the supine position and we have to move them, the technique for that is called log rolling the client. Now, when we look at this picture, what is this client most at risk for? You can say it here. They're most at risk for bed sores or dermal pressure ulcers, dermal pressure ulcers, as they're lying in the bed and all, all of those bony prominences that you can identify, they're touching a surface. So they're touching the bed. So you have the back of the head, the elbows, the buttocks, the heels, they are all pressed up against the surface. So it doesn't take long for the skin in that area to become compromised. These patients are at a great risk for dermal pressure ulcers. I like the next position. It is the Trendelenburg position. It's a long name, but essentially this position has the client in a supine 
situation, but the head is actually lower than the feet. So you have the feet elevated here. Now, this is your position for hypotensive shock mm -hmm, and a prolapsed cord during pregnancy. All right, now don't confuse it with our next position, which is actually called reverse Trendelenburg. So it is the opposite of Trendelenburg. Maybe it should have been called opposite Trendelenburg, but it's reverse where you have the head is up and the feet are down. Now, why would we want to put a client in this position? Very commonly, reverse Trendelenburg is used for increased intracranial pressure, and this will help decrease the blood supply that is going to that area. So it is associated with increased intracranial pressure. Well, guys, that is our quick review of positions. I really like to go back to the fundamentals. I don't want to leave anything out that you may be asked to identify your competency in. So I'll see you at the next subject. All right, guys, so we have watched body positions, right? Body positions. And so what I want to make sure I paused it. What I want you guys to see is that the content for NCLEX does not have to weigh you down. You should not feel like you're not making progress. All right. You should feel like you're able to continually move through, move through the content because what happens is the content is supposed to push you forward. It's supposed to make you feel comfortable. All right. It's very simple. It should be a watch it or write it down and then a go. Okay, but if you get too much content, if you're trying to memorize things that are too detailed that won't be on the exam, it's going to push you further away from your test because you're not going to make the progress that you were hoping for. Okay, so it should be a quick procedure in and out. Okay, three, four weeks, you're done. You're ready for the exam. You've already been through nursing school. I don't want you to feel like you have to repeat nursing school in order to pass NCLEX. All right. I want you to. Yes, there is a there is a workbook that comes with V2. So you either get the downloadable one like this that you print out, print out on your own, or you can choose to get the printed workbook. OK, you can choose to get the printed workbook. All right. So it's up to you. All right. And so, again, a lot of you who are preparing for NCLEX, what you should be focusing on is where I'm getting the content. Am I studying the content? Do I feel like I am doing well in question assessment? Because questions are assessment. Questions are not content. So do you feel like you are making progress in the questions that you're answering? Okay. Um, also, do you feel comfortable to set a date? Have you set a date? These are small goals. These are small, very small goals that you should be um, checking off. Okay. Are you, are you getting the content? Do you feel supported with your questions? Are you dealing with test anxiety at the same time? You know, by being consistent, by showing up, because what you do on a consistent basis is going to show up when you're in front of that exam. So if you've been consistent, you've been answering questions, you haven't been second guessing yourself, you're feeling positive when you're in front of the NCLEX, all those things are going to show up. That's the person that's going to show up. But if you're halfway doing, you know, you're studying, you're not really consistent, you're distracted, 
then that person is going to show up on the day of the exam. You guys can do this. You absolutely can do this. Okay. But you got to do the effort. You got to do the effort. Okay. You got to do the effort. Let me show you how to get to the, um, some people were, didn't know you didn't know the V2 had a workbook. Let me show you how to get to it. So the, um, in your course, you have, you have your courses, your question bank, and you have your file vault. Okay. Your file vault is here. If you click on file vault and you go to downloadable workbook or course schedule, it'll be right here. Okay. So course resources, course resources is going to take you to click on, you'll be able to get your daily study calendar. Okay. And remember your daily study calendar, you download it and it is going to tell you what you are doing every day. And remember, this is simple system. You watch it, you read it, you answer it. Okay. Every day you'll watch something, you read it, you answer it. Not every day, but any, anytime you study. Okay. So this is how you get the study schedule. Let me go back and let me show you where to get the workbook from. It's really simple. It says right here, student workbook. And again, you find this in your file vault. So then when you click on, <laughs> I like that Antoinette. Uh, when you click on student workbook, pow, guess what's going to come up? Your student workbook. Okay. And you are able to just print this out. Now, when you print it out, it's going to be blank. Be a lot of blank pages. That's a good thing because this means that this is where you are engaging. This is where you participate. You're not, most of us are, are not only auditory learners where you're just hearing something. All right. Most of us need to actually do something. Most of us are kinetic learners and we don't even know it. We actually need to be doing something. Okay, which is why sometimes you may sit around and you're just fidgeting, you're clapping your hands, you're you're just touching something because actually that's how you are processing information. So I find that when you're writing something down during a class, it serves two purposes. Okay, it serves two purposes. It helps you not only to be engaged and pay attention. You have to pay attention in order to write something down, but also as you're writing it down, you're seeing what you're writing. And that's going in your mind, right? And you're paying attention. So I want you to really make the commitment to participate, okay? Participate. Um, and so you can print this out. Like I said, it's downloadable here. And it, this comes with the course. So if you buy V2, you're going to get this automatically. This will come with it, all right? But also, if you if you don't have a printer or you don't want to go to FedEx Kinko's, I can send you this book too. You just have to order it, all right? And then I can print it out and send it to you. It's about the same, okay? All right? <sighs> cool, I got another NCLEX passer, all right? And we're just sending positive vibes. I love when nurses come on here and let me know that they passed NCLEX. Congratulations to Eugenia. You passed the NCLEX exam because they're not saying it to me. They're saying it to me, but they're also saying it to you too. So somebody needs to read this. OK, somebody needs to read this for their own positivity. Maybe you don't have somebody at home saying, hey, you can do this. I'm proud of you for what you're doing right now. But it makes a big difference when you have that. Right. So nurse Gina came on to tell you she passed. You can pass, too. All right. So think about think about what you're going to do when you get your first paycheck as a nurse. Think about it. 
All right. Because I guarantee you that paycheck is going to be way more than number one, what you're making right now. And number two, what the price of V2 is. V2 right now is not 300, not $400. It is literally $89, $89 for the content, the book, the question bank. All right. So definitely apply pressure to yourself. Okay. I brought the V2, but I didn't receive the workbook. Not possible. Not possible. The workbook is in V2. The workbook is in the file vault. So if you brought the V2, the workbook is in there. Okay. The printed workbook is different. That's a different. All right. This is an add-on, but the downloadable workbook, pow, right there. Go to the file vault. Can't miss it. All right. Um, you need help renewing your subscription. Any subscription um, things, we'd love to help you renew your subscription. If you had a trial version of the V2, you do need to go into your trial account to purchase the V2. All right, also, if you need help renewing, it's also in your account, okay? Um, professor, is this class only for an NCLEX prep? I'm in nursing school. Will this help me or should I wait? So, hi, Donna. I love that name. It's Italian. Uh, so, Actually, if you take an NCLEX prep, what you will find, and many of you who have taken NCLEX preps and have been through nursing school know this, the NCLEX prep is going to help you see the big picture of nursing. All right. So if you find that you're like you're struggling uh, with nursing school or it seems like, you know, you're drinking out of a fire hose, which means it's just coming at you so fast. An NCLEX review is going to uh, slow it down. OK. Yeah. NCLEX review is going to slow it down for you and help you see the important parts. So I would say if you have at least done fundamentals in nursing school, my NCLEX V2 will help you. All right. It'll help you. Um, no, there's not a downloadable quick facts. There's not one. Do we accept Apple Pay? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Um, OK, peaceable. Um, I'm sure, I don't know if that's your real name, but you really do need to send us a message if you have a particular problem because I, I only see your social media names and more than likely, I won't be able to find you from your social media names. So you gotta um, send us an email, please. Support at remarreview.com. I'd love to take a look into your account. Okay. Congratulations to everyone who passed. It was winning Wednesday. We did glaucoma. We did body positions. Now I'm telling you guys to get into the V2, start your study calendar. All right. Everybody can do it. Okay. Everybody can do it. Start your study calendar. Study session one, two, three, four. Okay. How many people can do two study sessions this week? I know it's Wednesday, but do you think you can squeeze out two study sessions? This week, if you have V2 and you haven't been consistent, I'm challenging you. You got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Try to squeeze off two study sessions. OK, um, this week, that's the challenge. All right. Do two study sessions this week. And that's it. Some of you are committing to that right now, right now, right now. Somebody said, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Uh Tricia says, I have to do three. You got to do three to stay on track. Do it, okay? Do what you guys have to do. Make sure that you are winning not only in non-nursing stuff, but also in three in, in areas where, you know, 
it's really going to come back and service you two, three years later. You understand that if you pass your NCLEX this year, guess what? In 2024 and 2025 and 2026, you're still getting paid. All right. You're getting paid for that work that you're doing right now. Nothing else is going to um, do that for you. Okay. Besides nursing. So get in where you fit in, which is the V2 guys. And as always, Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Chevelle says, hi, Regina. God bless you and Mark for the great work you guys are doing. Can your V2 help me with my exit exam that I have in one month? Uh, say less, say less, all right? One of our nursing students, I'm not sure if you're RN or PN, but she got a 20, what did she get? I think she got a 33 on her exit exam. Oh, she got like a 20. It was either a 23 or a 33. Failed her exit exam was not going to graduate. They gave her, I think a week or two to retest it. She did V2, got like a 97 on that thing the next time. So yes, let me help make that a better experience for you. Let me help make that a better experience. Get in V2, get cracking. You got a month, you can do all of V2, definitely. All right, Michael, I love this name. Um, I will definitely pass my NCLEX through the grace of God. My testimony will be soon. Amen. My son's name is Michael. All right. So absolutely. We are praying for you. All right, guys. Okay, everybody. I am leaving this space. What a wonderful class we had. I'm so glad you showed up. I'll be back on Monday at noon. We will be going over another topic and also Monday motivation. And then again, next week, you guys know we assemble. Remar nurses assemble for class. Monday night, but you don't have to wait. You can get in V2, continue to study. Also, follow me on Facebook, YouTube, or TikTok, or Instagram. I'm all over the place, uh, but also helping you to pass NCLEX. I will see you later. Bye-bye.